0: Join Victoria Meyer, president of Progressio Global and host of The Chemical Show, as she speaks with executives across the industry and learns how they are leading their companies to grow, transform, and push industry boundaries on all frontiers. Here's your host, Victoria Meyer.
1: Welcome to The Chemical Show. This is Victoria Meyer. Today, I am speaking with Ethan Mirsky who is the president of Noble AI, a company that focuses on accelerating product development with science-based AI. Ethan's a lifelong entrepreneur with deep roots in technology and has built several successful businesses that tackle complex, high-impact problems. Um, Ethan is particularly passionate passionate about using innovation and technology to improve environmental sustainability, and reduce human impacts on the natural world. So I think we're going to learn a little bit more about that. And we're also going to talk about AI and all things great like that. So Ethan, welcome to The Chemical Show.
2: Victoria, great to be here. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. What is your origin story? What What got you interested in AI and in applying AI to chemical and chemistry problems?
2: Well, yeah, it was certainly a, a long and winding road to get here. Although there, there's a bit for me of of coming back to to my roots. Um, I actually did uh, my master's at the MIT AI Lab uh, quite a long time ago, and um, although at the time it was sort of towards the end of one of the AI winters, so things felt a little struggling, but uh, some some promising seeds. I was actually on the hardware side, um, sort of building uh, chips that uh, could accelerate computation. Which led me into my first diversion, which was telecommunications chips. The idea of taking these um, chips that were designed to process information and use it to con- um, handle the voice over IP. So the conversion of the old telephone lines into, into digital um, back in the first dot com era. Um, so that was my first company. And then uh, in the middle of the dot-com crash, and everything kind of fell off a cliff there, um, ended up getting really interested in the field called synthetic biology, which is all about engineering biology. And so this is where, for me, I think it's it's that, that transition of applying one set of disciplines to another one. Um, so applying engineering to biology got, was really exciting because of all the things you could do, particularly around things like sustainability and making materials better, um, uh, ended up Starting a company, uh, or went back to first, uh, got, got my PhD um, in that field, and then started a company doing materials for textiles. Um, so, using uh, biology to make a variety of new textiles in a sustainable way. Um, and that, that was super exciting. Worked on that for about 10 years. Um, and then it was sort of time to move on, time to try something different. I really wanted to get more into the sustainability side of things. Joined a, um, a fund run by a Copperbrook Future Ventures it's a family office of an investor in my first company he started a fund on sustainability worked there exploring the field and really ran into this problem of there's so many different approaches there's lots of materials lots of chemical processes all trying to address these these problems that we see in the world of how do we reuse materials how do we more efficiently use materials and they're all excited i couldn't figure i just couldn't figure out which which one i wanted to do um, and then he introduced me to noble ai uh, he was an early investor, and I realized here was a tool that anyone could use to attack these kinds of problems, and that was really exciting. So it's was, it was the selling selling the picks and shovels to the to the gold miners uh, approach, and um, th- I, I ended up getting really excited and joining joining Noble AI.
1: Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about Noble AI, what it is, and what your ambitions for the company are.
2: Um, so, yeah, so as I said, I mean, at AI, the, the mission here is to use our, what we call science-based AI, and I'm sure we'll talk about what that is, and our, our, our reactor platform to create commercial solutions that allow a chemical and materials product developer companies to develop their products and, and make these innovations faster, more quickly, less expensively than ever before, and really be able to address the problems in the world. So um, creating those kinds of commercially available solutions that um, AI can can do.
1: (laughs) Awesome. 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 All right. So we are going to get more into what, what Noble does, but let's take a step back maybe a bit, because can you break this down for our listeners? What is AI? We're hearing a lot about it. You know, who hasn't heard about chat GPT? Although actually I've talked to a few people who apparently have not, although my mom who listens to the podcast, hi mom. Um, you know she's all about she knows all about ChatGPT, uh, Chat GPT, although she hasn't used it. But you know there's a lot of AI around us. um and yet I think we don't really understand or appreciate it. So what is AI, and where did it originate?
2: right. so so AI is it's really a catch-all name um for any kind of machine that is capable of mimicking aspects of human intelligence. Um, so that could be vision, language, uh, prediction, um, and or any anything like that. And um, it it's really in, in some sense it's been around for millennia. I mean, the the ancients had automaton that would that would do things, and and technically that's that's artificial intelligence. Um, but uh, obviously now we generally refer to AI to meaning computer based artificial intelligence, which really got it started in the nineteen fifties. As computers became started to become a little bit more powerful, and people started imagining what you could do with this universal mach- machine,
1: yeah. How is it different from just computation, right? So I think about it. Certainly, you know, I'm I'm an engineer at my roots. Um, we always talk about, you know, it, it needs a LP, a linear programming model, to solve some of these problems. Is it different than that? Is it? just extending upon that, how is this different than just computation and computation? Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it. it is, it is computation in a way. It is a different, different way of, of doing computation with, with an aim to, to, again, towards attacking the or, or approaching the kinds of problems that we think of as intelligence. Um, so at, the, at, at its core, I mean, it, it, is, it is still computation. There's usually an element nowadays of what we call machine learning. So an approach whereby the system, the machine is capable of taking in new information and improving its own computation based on that new information, changing the way it is doing that computation based on its own information. So there is a kind of positive feedback loop going on in there. And there are many, many different ways of doing that. Uh, so it's it's, it's there, there's many kinds.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about that. What are the what are the different forms of AI, um, and how are we interacting with them today? Because I'm sure that we're interacting with them more often than we think.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 everywhere, and it, it it really comes down to how you um, <laughs> things you you might perceive as not intelligent is really kind of. Has some intelligence to it. I mean, obviously, people think of computer vision and then the self-driving cars. And here in San Francisco, you see people drive cars without driver people in the driver's seats.
1: Do that people really issue, do that?
2: They really do that.
1: Okay. Wow. All right. Um, it's, <laughs> I'm not and, there yet, but okay.
2: <laughs> um, so, or face recognition. I mean, the all of your 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 point-and-shoot camera that happens to know where where your face, where the your target's face is. That's that's a vision. That's an AI type problem. Uh, obviously, natural language processing. You talk to Siri or Alexa. Like that is a is a AI. Expert systems are very frequently used. Has been used for many many decades to help make recommendations for for medicine or. Uh, troubleshooting processes where you're just trying to encode, okay, what what is the thought process of how do you diagnose a problem? Um, that's that's a form of AI. Um, recommendation systems that you might use to recommend music or movies. And then obviously the more recent thing of the large language models like ChatGPT GPT that, that generate text or images based on prompts. Those are all different forms of AI. And then, frankly, there's there's form that noble AI does, or we call it science. Yeah. So tell
1: us AI. about <laughs> this. So science-based AI, right? So yes. so what is that, and how does it differ from other forms of AI?
2: So the when uh, we start with the challenge that it's created to solve is that in you're you've been in the chemical industry for a long time that you know, how, how difficult and time-consuming it can be to develop a new product, to develop a new material. And these are very, very complex problems. They're very difficult. Simulation technology, which has really sort of made a huge difference. I mean, I came from the electronics world where you don't really do much in the way of physical experiments because you can simulate everything. That doesn't work so well in chemistry. There's just too many layers going on. Um, I mean, for instance, like a simple problem of even creating an environmentally friendly detergent you need to actually know, all right, what what are all the ingredients? What is the evaporation rate? What's it going to smell like? How long is it going to last? All of these things require knowing what's going on at the molecular level, what's going on at macro levels, what the environmental conditions are, and trying all of those possibilities. And that's that's just a very difficult thing to simulate. And so the idea was to apply, in applying AI to that, uh, let me back up, the challenge there is most A forms of AI, as we talked about, they require training. And so you need a lot of data. ChatGPT is famous for having basically scoured the entire internet for its training data. You don't have that when you're making a product. You've done a few experiments. Right. Um, and some if, of which are
1: actually proprietary probably. Exactly.
2: Um, and even if, you, even if there are publicly published experiments, they may have used a different method. And then so the data is not really as relevant. So traditional sort of AI approaches didn't work. And so the idea here was to approach the problem the way the scientist or engineer would do it, which is you're going to look at the data, but you're also going to look at what what are the scientific laws and principles that apply here? What are the design constraints? What are the properties of the materials? And try and incorporate all of that into a model that can understand this problem, Not, not all problems, but the problem you're dealing with and deliver the kind of insights and understanding that allow the developer to to make smart decisions um, and and really accelerate. Instead of doing, you could do thousands of experiments on your computer before you do the handful of experiments in the lab to confirm that it works.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So do you have any specific examples of product or development areas that you're you or your clients are working on at the moment to to utilize noble AI.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're actually working in a variety of areas. Um, so we work on on batteries, predicting the the lifespan of uh, of a battery based on its um, its structure and its its chemical properties. Um, I mentioned the the sort of laundry so con- consumer products is the kind of uh, sort of thing that we would do. Um, we've also worked in, uh, generating, uh, clean energy, hydrogen. Um, and so th- it's, it, there's actually quite a few, um, and, uh, they continue to grow. Uh, we have a large number of customers growing.
1: That's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, I, and I think you maybe touched on this already, but, um, where do you actually find this data? So, I mean, so you're starting with a certain data set and it sounds like in scientific principles, um, and then. People, well, the machine creates more, I suppose. Um, and then people add, for, companies are adding data into that. Is that, is that how that works?
2: Yeah, so, so the process of working um, with, with a sort of a science-based AI approach is to take the data that the, the customer has. So you're, you're, you're in your lab, you've, you've done some experiments, you have some old data from older products. We, t- we take that data um, and we combine it. Sometimes we add publicly available data if appropriate, um, we talk to the the customer subject matter experts to make sure we, the the system understands what are the relevant constraints, what are the insights that you've already generated, so we don't have to repeat whatever what you already know. Um, we have our own internal science experts that can can look at a problem and say, yeah, you, this is a diffusion, so we need to include this law. Um, and we also work with outside experts, I mean, university professors who advise us on, hey, in this field, these are the things that that you need to model. And those are the those are the things that we incorporate into our models that mm-hmm. the customer can then use.
1: And how do you keep um, proprietary information proprietary? I know that's a this is a hot topic at the moment in the public domain um, because people are. I, I think there's been some government related documents that have been input to Chat GPT to improve. And now all of a sudden, where did it go? Um, but from a noble perspective, and with you and your clients, how do you maintain firewalls or keeping proprietary information proprietary?
2: Absolutely. That's a real it's a really good question. And it's something, I mean, our customers care a lot about and um I think everyone should should care a lot about. Uh, we're we're actually in a pretty unique well, uh, position um, that we don't, we're, because we don't work the way, say, ChatGPT does, we're not building a single model that everybody gets to use, and therefore we need everyone's data to train it. We're building models specifically for a customer. And so when we take some customer's data, that data exists in an isolated cloud instance, um, whether it's our cloud or even their cloud, their private cloud, um, and the model is trained there, and it is that customer's model exclusively. The only thing that we carry forward is, hey, we learned how to create that model quickly so we can create more models more quickly, Um, but we do not use any data from any customer to apply to another one.
1: Got it, so it's all isolated, um, and so you're effectively creating multiple AI models for each customer.
2: Exactly. um yeah. and and I think in some ways, we have the advantage I mean it's it's both the challenge, as I said, that there's a limited number amount of data for a given product. Um, but it's also an advantage in that sense, because with only that limited amount of data, we can't, there's no point in trying to apply it to someone else um because that that data would it, there's a different product over there. It's a different system. so um we we keep we get to keep those things separate,
1: <laughs> interesting. So one of the things that I know, that- People are concerned about and and quite honestly, when think about algorithms, (laughs) social media, Facebook, Mm -hmm. Instagram, heck, even some of these these news sources, Apple News and what have you, um, gets a bit of a bad rap because Mm -hmm. it's a spiraling effect. Right. So it feeds into each other. And I think there's a concern along the way that AI, that algorithms eventually really skew. Mm results of Mm -hmm. whatever variety, whether it's news pieces that are being fed to you, whether it's scientific results, how do you think, respond, or how do you think about that? Because I think, you know, we want to keep it, people want to keep integrity in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Algorithms obviously speed things up, but how do you prevent the skew?
2: So, well, I'll answer that sort of two ways, I and mean, I think there's there's the general problem, and then I'll talk more about what what we do at Noble. I mean, as yeah. in in general, I mean AI I see is is a tool. I mean, it's obviously a very powerful tool. A lot of its implications are poorly understood because it's very new, um, and as with any powerful tool, it can be used for good or bad, and it has has consequences that that we may not have anticipated. Um, and by itself these tools and algorithms can't take away choice or information but people can use them in a choose to use them in a way that does um and so i think there, there's really there is a there's value in having some kind of framework for helping evaluate these things and and, and looking at helping people to make wise choices i mean so For instance, I came from the biotechnology industry, um, where there are some incredibly powerful tools that manipulate DNA and can sound really scary. Um, At the same time, there are systems, regulations, processes in place to ensure that, or at least to help ensure that um, it's used appropriately. And obviously, those systems are not perfect, and they need to be continually updated and just as technology advances, but we have, over the last several decades, gotten to the point where we can make COVID vaccines and other kinds of life-saving treatments really quickly with these tools and and mostly avoided most of the major risks that people might be concerned about. So I'm I'm sort of imagining there's a value to a similar kind of um, process that needs to be in place for AI in general. speaking more specifically about noble um one of the reasons why i mean i i'm attracted to it and i feel like it's easier to guide and direct because by nature we're aiming at problems and we're aiming at systems and embedding science into the ai so that it's not capable of producing answers that are wrong and they're always verifiable i mean if you're going to say hey this is this is the product you should make you can go build it. You can test it. You can see that okay, that actually does work. The the scientific laws do apply to that problem too. Um, and so, and there's always going to be, and we're building in a way that the scientists or engineer, this isn't a replacement for them. This is this is their tool. This is like your your Excel spreadsheet for the accountant. It's it's something that allows you to do what you would naturally do, just faster. Um, you can you can explore more things but you can always go back to hey let me let me check this let me go back to the lab and verify that that really is the case and so i, I feel like that kind of feedback loop is what it helps keeps us honest um and that's that's what we really want to aim for
1: yeah interesting so so when we talk about noble and science based ai mm-hmm.
0: how
1: do you how do you see this changing how material products are developed so where does this Fit in the process, maybe of mm-hmm. product development.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, obviously, the the traditional uh, approach is um, you you have an idea, you make your design, you do some experiments, you collect data, you repeat cycle. Um, and there are definitely tools out there that that aim to to speed that up and and help do the data analysis more quickly. Um, what? Science-based AI and what Noble's platform is really intended to do is allow you to do that process, but do a lot of that kind of testing in silica. So instead of trying design, waiting, doing your experiments over weeks or months, trying again, you do some experiments. You maybe even have data you've already created from from previous uh, products, Train the um, our our science-infused machine learning models, um, and then use that to run a bunch more experiments, thousands of them, and that helps you explore the space. And so you get a lot of information that you can look at and say, "All right, now I understand um, where where I should be doing uh, more experiments, or even, hey, this is where the product needs to live." Um, one of the benefits of having the science in in the network is the again, unlike ChatGPT, which might make up answers, our tools can say like, "Hey, this is our confidence level in this this answer. Like, we know that th- this is this is very likely to be true. This is less likely to be true. So you can use that to say, All right, now I now I can understand this.' So it's it's really going to accelerate your 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 process." By, again, make allowing you to, to explore the design space and just very quickly develop that understanding of, hey, here's all the things I can do.
1: Yeah, interesting. That's good. I actually read an article recently um, that referenced, I want to say it was Unilever, um, using AI, so a similar process, I suppose, to um, to Noble AI, um to actually accelerate some of their personal care development and some of the cosmetics so the example they used that that stood out to me was um lipstick trying to get to the right lipstick colors that they were able to instead of having to test it you know physically 100 times they did it all in the background and then got very quickly to the optimal you know answer in terms of pigments and chemistry and what have you that goes into that so it's so it's we're starting to see it um but it's It takes time to get to that.
2: Absolutely. That's absolutely right. And and, I mean, I think what what we at Noble want to do is to make that available um, both to companies like Unilever, which have their their data science teams and um, just might need some extra extra support. There's so many problems that um, rather than having multiple teams tackling so many problems, we have a platform. It's it's robust. It's cloud based. It works very reliably. They can use that to to support their work. Or for many companies that don't have access to that kind of internal resource, they can come to us and get that benefit. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because I I suspect that many companies don't have data science teams, or they think data science, and they think, oh, it's IT, and it's you know how my computer's running. As opposed to how the application and how the products are developed and um, and those resources, so it, it you know I think there's still a lot of companies. Most companies probably don't have level, that level of resources.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. And we're we work with all of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, very cool. Where is Noble in its development life cycle? I know you guys are still pretty early. So when when are we going to start seeing you in prime time? Or you or are you prime time yet?
2: Um, so so we are. Um... Uh, I mean, we're we're I guess we're beginning prime time. Um, we are in, in commercial use, as I said, we have we have many customers continuing to grow. Um we recently closed um our series A funding led by Microsoft's m twelve awesome. chevron and, and GPVC. Um and so we're we're out there um, in market. Um, <laughs> we're growing rapidly. so, um you'll you might see us at at trade shows you you'll hopefully hear hear the results of of companies that that have used this um and so just anyone can come to our website noble.ai and and ask for a demo
1: awesome that's really cool so what's next for you guys where you know in terms of a platform of where you are where you're going what do you see as as being next what's your next focus um
2: so We've just completed our a brand refresh that we, we put, um, so you'll you'll see sort of the the new new logo, new, new uh, materials out there to really we think help our our customers and potential customers really understand what it is we do and how we work with us. Um, and really, the the focus in the next year is let let's get this out there. I mean, it's it's a tool; it works. The more the more you use it the bit more impact we can have. And to me, that's that's what's so motivating is, is the, hey, this is actually going to make a real difference. Products are going to get out there faster. People are going to be able to solve their sustainability, make a more sustainable product, a product that that doesn't rely on supply chains that are risky. You can switch your materials and still know that your product is going to work. That's really what I want to do. I mean, obviously we've got many new features coming, new, new, new capabilities. Um, I mean, we can talk more about that, but it's It's really, for now, the focus is like, let's let's get more people using it. Let's
1: use it. Let's use it and make it it happen. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Ethan, this has been great. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about AI because we need to demystify it a little bit more um, and also to share uh, the story of Noble AI and what you guys are doing. So thank you for joining us today.
2: My pleasure. Happy to be here. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening to The Chemical Show. Keep listening, liking, sharing, and we will be back next week with another episode.
0: We've come to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and want to learn more. Simply visit thechemicalshow.com for additional information and helpful resources. Join us again next time here on The Chemical Show with Victoria Meyer.